0: Welcome everybody to the Tessa Van Wade Show. We are here and we are going to talk about some really good stuff. I have, um, we were going to have more people, but we've been having a little bit tough connection with everybody. So, um, but what I wanted to do is a podcast um, talking about, you know, women's stuff. So Ben's not allowed, (laughs) even though, even though he's here, he's not listening on the, on the, the earphones. (laughs) <laughs> but um so we have lisa and we have priscilla so far oop, i got somebody else that's coming in we're going to try and get them in as well <clears throat> and uh while we try to get them in i'm going to have um let's just go ahead and introduce ourselves and i'm going to have you guys just kind of give a little bit of a clip of your name who you are what you do and then we'll kind of get into why we're doing the podcast Who wants to go first? Lisa, you want to go
1: first? Sure. Okay. I'm Lisa. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, I'm Lisa. Hi. Um, I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur, or as some people would say, a serial entrepreneur. I love it. I don't know what I'd be doing if I wasn't creating a business out of something I like. (laughs) So um, I currently run like three different businesses and substitute teach on the side because I was a former art teacher, so I do
0: a little bit of everything. Okay. Okay. I love that. I mean, serial, a serial entrepreneur, I can definitely back for sure.
2: All right, Priscilla, you. Awesome. Yeah. So for me, my name is Priscilla Rose and, um, and for work, I get to work with individuals and organizations and really help them think about the future. So most of the companies I work with are trying to make that generational transformation like a transfer from generation one to two so then I'll get to help them do like that strategic planning and then also like training their leaders and managers so that they can really take on the company oh that's cool a lot of fun it's all about the future and creating like for individuals what they want yeah and being able to really see that and then act on it and then for organizations too so it's really fun. That is cool. Never a dull moment. <laughs> I bet. Well,
0: especially dealing with that many people. So let me ask you this. Like, did, were when you think about like what you're doing now and everything like that and being a serial entrepreneur and being working with businesses and like that, was, was that anything that you like thought you would be doing like when you were a kid?
2: And feel free to. For me, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's part of, for me is like, I never really saw something that I really wanted to do. So I wasn't one of those like visionaries, which is actually why I do a lot of like vision work with individuals and organizations. Some of them are like me, they're like didn't have that picture of like, what do I really want to be doing? Yeah. So I didn't have that at all. So I kind of fell into it. Like many people, I fell into <laughs> okay. doing this, like when I was in grad school, working with organizations and then really got hooked. It was like, oh my goodness, this makes such a difference. Yeah. And started to see for myself, like, oh, this is what I could really do with myself that might, you know, be purposeful and and make a positive contribution. And yeah. so I just kept going that way. Yeah. So that's for me. That's cool. I don't know about the other really ladies quick,
0: here. Lisa, before you go, Andrea, do we have you working?
2: yay so. yay
0: yes we can totally hear you well really quick andrea see if you um feel free to tell them even where you're at so why why it's a little bit more difficult and all of that to get you on it but i would love to hear about you because i actually don't know you we've just kind of we yeah. connected on facebook for this podcast and i'm so stoked <laughs> yeah, me too is there somebody else before me though so let somebody else go. no so what yep. we're we're already everybody's already kind of introduced themselves i've got priscilla and i've got lisa and you're andrea okay. and so they've kind of just shared who they are and what they do for a living
3: okay i watched it i like came into hearing priscilla what she was saying which is pretty super awesome yeah uh that's where everything was starting to function for me like the headphones the internet the oh quality. good
0: <laughs> good
3: yeah so um I am, uh, I'm in, I'm from Guatemala, so I'm back home in Guatemala for the first time in eight years. Mm. So even though it is a third world country, it is super technologically advanced, more than I remembered, but my phone was having issues because I cracked my phone when I came here. Oh no. Receiving the signal, so I had to switch phones. And it all of a sudden started raining and thundering too. So I think that's why I was kind of having a little bit of issues. Yeah. But um, yeah, the last time we were here was eight years ago.
0: And then it, it's, I it's been ha- interesting the first time. I hear a little kid yelling in the background. Is that, is that somebody for you? Yeah, my kids. <laughs> and they're actually
3: pretty far away. There's just like these houses are really echo, that's echo what, friendly.
0: That's how they are in Hawaii, you know? It's yeah, like nothing's so ever closed up.
3: Eight years ago. Oh, and that's okay. Oh, I found, and somehow I like started following you on social media. Yeah, and that's how we are connected. And that's when I saw your post. I was like, "That's awesome! That's awesome!" Yeah, so, how long you. are you in Guatemala for?
1: We have been here for
0: a month, and we're here for one more month or okay. twenty-five days.
3: Or something okay. Like that.
0: Does it reach a yes. point where you're like, "Okay, I've had enough. Like, I'm re- I'm ready to go back," or are you just like super soaked in and like are loving it.
3: I I, I think I'm ready to go home just because I, it's very different, and we kind of have our lifestyle. And right now, it's kind of different to find that here when you're in short term, like where to go buy your stuff. And yeah, it's changed a lot since the last time. And even though produce is so abundant, yeah, it's not. It's really now full of pesticides, and the farming has changed. And there's this whole other scene that I. I'm seeing through a different lens because of who I am now. And so that's kind of harsh. So we're kind of ready to go back home. And at the same time, it's been, I'm diving really deep into some, you know, roots there that I didn't see before and I never had before.
0: Gotcha. So that's
3: point, I'm like, I don't want to leave that yet, but I think we're all kind of ready to go home in a way. Family has been nice. It's been beautiful to see them again. Yeah. But, um, but it's also nice to have our own space back. And I, I miss a lot of the work that I normally do, and I'm kind of feeling like I've missed that more than anything else.
0: Yeah. No, I totally Um, get that. I totally get that. A lot of what I do is um, I work as a birth doula,
3: Mm. and I run young girl circles. Oh, amazing. I'll prepare uh, young girls for their menstruation so that they know. You know, none of us have that. None of us. Most of us just got thrown into that part of our womanhood without knowing what the heck was up. And so create safe space for the girls to be able to learn, ask questions, and know that it's completely normal and create a safe sisterhood around that. Uh, And also bond with their moms and moms of other girls is really important for us as women to have that from the beginning, you know? That is amazing. So that's mostly what I'm doing. And I also try to run circles. For moms of young girls, in okay, case you are the mom of a young girl and you want to have a different relationship with your daughter and you don't want her to experience maybe what you experienced, but you still have your own things that you have to work through. Yeah, and right before I left, I ran a circle for moms of young boys.
0: Oh, this very cool.
3: Our side, cause I have two boys, so
0: yeah, what
3: our goal is as a mother and the female role. Yeah. In the boy life, you know, especially once they hit puberty.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty much what I'm in right now. That's super cool. That's amazing. Well, welcome Andrea. I'm super excited to have you. So that like everything you do is like perfect cuz I feel like I'll introduce myself a little bit. You guys obviously know me a little bit, but um <clears throat> my big reason for doing this podcast in general was honestly just because I have a passion for uh, just women in general and just like all the different ways that we kind of can stand in our power and all of the different ways that we, we like, cause I think that all of us kind of get to this place where as we get older, I think, you know, high school, junior high, we're also insecure. We're also not knowing who we are and all of that kind of stuff. Um, You know, a lot of, a lot of cattiness between women can happen. A lot of competitiveness between women can happen. You can see it as you get older, right? We can see it as we get older. However, it starts to, it starts to be less and less, I think. And what, and I think that, that a lot of us women start to kind of create this, like, wait a minute, like, why am I working against you? Like this is not, this is not something that is going to benefit my life in any way, shape or form. And we start to recognize the, the beauty and the growth in women. And I want us, I wanted us all to be able to kind of bring together that support and kind of talk about what that means and everything like that. So I'm super stoked that you guys are here, but let's go back. So what we were doing was Priscilla kind of, I, I, the question, and I asked, was when you were a kid, is where you what you're doing now anything you thought that you would be doing? So, Lisa, go for it.
1: Um, yes, and no. Okay. I always wanted to be an art teacher from the time I was a little girl, that and a National Geographic photographer. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I've been doing family photography and child photography for 23 years. And I taught art, high school art for six years, and I teach summer art courses. So I'm doing all those things just in a different way than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about moving back into that. So, yeah, I mean, at the base of what I do, sure. Yeah, yeah, I get that. How about you, Andrea?
3: Um. Maybe in a way, if I really, I always did want to be, I always wanted to be like a mystic and live in the woods with a cottage. That was I really love always that. my dream. I never thought <laughs> anything else other than that. So I think of a chief part of that because we live, you know, off grid in Hawaii. And um, I guess a lot of the birth world is very mysticky, very magical. And so maybe in a way, I did feel like I was going to end up doing a little bit of what I am doing. Yeah. Maybe not exactly like
0: I am. But, um, yeah, I feel like right now I want to live as a mystic in the woods. Like I, yeah. I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, Oh, give me the mystic life in the woods where I don't really have to talk to anybody and I can just be with, with God and nature and you know all that kind of stuff. But no, I totally get it. I hear you. That's funny. Um, I, I am. I no. I did not think I was going to be doing what I'm doing right now at all. Like in the slightest. I don't even think I knew that like with the gym and owning a gym and stuff like that here in Hawaii, I was not interested in fitness as a kid. I was the heavy girl. I was like, I was super lazy. Um, so like if you had asked me when I was a kid, no, but one thing I have always wanted to do was I always wanted to tell stories. So on the book sense and being a writer um, and, and an author, yeah, that, that is something that I definitely connected to as a kid, you know, and kind of continued to do so. And so like, it was funny because I was thinking about that question and my, my other sense went to, so, okay, so here's the question. Here's the next question is when you were a child, like if you could, cause Lisa, you said art, you know that kind of thing. But like when you were a kid, if you could do anything you darn well please, I'm guessing yours is going to be that you would be a National Geographic photographer. Is yeah, that yeah, hundred percent okay? And yep. that was from starting. That was your that was your dream. That was like the that was like the dream above all dreams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Priscilla, what about you? The dream above all dreams. <laughs> Well, and it's remember, okay like, to say the, you don't have it because guess I, what? Ben says he never has dreams.
2: I, I didn't dream what during the day or it, like, like I really did. not I didn't imagine who I'd be with or my wedding or anything. Like I really, I was so, you know, like kind of just like going from thing to thing. And that's, that is part of my story. And then part of like what I connect to other people about that's like, people that maybe don't have that because I really didn't I didn't I was just you know in a military trained you know home it's like you you're just doing yeah anything outside of that of like doing what I'm supposed to be doing following the rules all of that like really wasn't available to me so I really I didn't I, I remember one time though when I was young I was like I thought that being a cashier at Kmart would be like the penultimate I really did because I can, like, I can talk to people all day. I can work with money. That's hilarious. (laughs) That was my dream. That was, that was as big as it got for me. (laughs) You're so
0: cute, Priscilla. I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Andrea, what about you? I think I actually wanted to work in the library.
3: I just wanted to be surrounded by books. You know, you, you do remember that Disney movie, um, the Beauty and the Bees where she like has this ladder and she goes from all yes. the top books. Off. That's what I always thought being a <laughs> grown up with me would be. I'm like, I can have a library and I can help people and I can go up to the top one and slide in my ladder <laughs> to the next book. I'm librarian, like I really just wanted to be surrounded by books and go through them all the time.
0: That I think is so funny. It's
3: like one of that last generations before internet really kicked in, so you still could go to the library and have to find your book with like. You know, those drawers where you had to like open oh, uh, yeah. the card catalog. catalog. <laughs> I'm
0: like, I could help people find their book by opening all these drawers. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> That's so, it's so funny. The reason I asked that is because it's so interesting and unique to kind of hear what everybody thought as a kid and like whether kind of whether our parents like encouraged us in huge dreams and huge passion or like, you know, the nature versus nurture kind of thing, whether it was in us to kind of have these huge dreams and stuff. I'm married to a guy who kind of, we've actually talked about it in past podcasts of of I sometimes wonder because he feels like he's never had a lot of huge dreams and I sometimes wonder like, does that have more to do with like, your upbringing and like maybe possibly just b- having it squelched instead of like blossomed and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so I don't, I don't really know, like maybe there are just some people that, you know, the dreams happen as they come, you know, versus like the, being the dreamer sitting in your room and kind of being like, what, you know, cause I was definitely the dreamer for sure. Me too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think for some people it comes really, it's more naturally and it is nurtured. Yes. Like, but I know for me, it's like, and what I found is like, there's, we all like have that imaginary, like that muscle of imagination. Like, I mean, you see like kids, right? The four-year-olds they are like, I mean, they don't know the difference between what's real and what they're just like creating. So like, and, but when you get into school, it starts to get squelched. Right. Oftentimes of like, then you're told what to learn and what is possible and what's not. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. That's what I felt like when I work with a lot of people that it's a spectrum. Of, yeah. And then, and that we all have this muscle. It is really possible to, to dream bigger. Like when I did this visioning exercise um, in grad school, it wasn't until I was like almost 30. Yeah. That I did this visioning exercise. I had no idea that these Dreams, these things, ideas, and things that I wanted were in my head. I had no idea. Oh, how funny. Until I was almost 30. I'm so mad. What was Somebody the, what was the thing you did? What did you do? So I did a, this visioning exercise, a whole program called Strategic Futuring. And Ray, you probably remember him from grad school. Okay. He facilitated for me, but not until I moved to Boston. So it was after... Oh grad school and first year in boston i was really depressed (laughs) because i couldn't find a job it was like in the recession like starting the recession couldn't find a job and i was like really miserable and and then he's like well um as a part of starting consulting with him he had all of us do this this visioning program called strategic futuring, and where we had to look 20 years in the future Oh. What our life would look like we did all this stuff, like getting connected with who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those like questions that we always ask, like, who am I? What am I going to do with who I am? And then we went to the future. Like, there's a lot of steps, but he had worked with a futurist. Yeah. That was actually helping the U.N. envision a non-nuclear world, like envision peace. And she was always saying, she's like, if we can't see peace, we really can't create peace. Wow. She's like, we're all like everybody wants peace, right? World peace. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're planning for war. Mm -hmm. We don't we can't really see what peace looks like. So she said that's true for us as individuals, too. I Yeah, I heard it.
1: You
0: did it? Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I heard a podcast the other day that was very similar. And this woman um, is—I'll have to find her name and maybe put it in the in the 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 information. But um, she was just talking about she is like part of the rest culture. She's like believing that we don't rest enough as a humanity and all of that kind of stuff. But one thing that she said, really, (laughs) one thing she said that was really interesting was um, she she specifically said. she was talking about how, like, we as a, as a country need to reimagine the way that we do things. And she talked about how in the beginning, when the country was being formed, you know, uh, at the very beginning with the founding fathers, right? Like, they sat down and they imagined what they could find or what it could look like. So why can't we do that again? And the problem is that it takes imagination, And it takes sitting down and kind of imagining what, what we could create, you know, and how it could be different. We are, we are so set in our ways of doing, doing things here, you know, this, 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 that, you know, it's about sitting back down and having that imagination, you know, I just thought that was Mm -hmm. super interesting. Kind of goes along with what you were saying.
2: Yeah. And it really takes like kind of suspending what we know and then going and being like, okay, what do we really want to create? Yeah. So and a lot of artists are really great at doing that. And, and there's a great methodology and yeah. it was just shocking to me what I saw. Cause I imagined myself running a business and being a published author and like having it like being an international speaker and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I had no idea I even wanted any of those things. Oh, and then awesome. I saw it and I like fell in love with what I saw. Yeah. And now it's like, that's what I'm, living. Oh my gosh. That is awesome.
0: I love that. Well, let's kind of lead, let's let that lead us a little bit and go into what kind of this, this podcast was a little bit more, um, entailed to uh, is that part of like, for example, like I have definitely had my dreams and I've had my passions and I've had all of that and, and everything. And I do tend to be a very big dreamer My biggest thing is like when I was, you know, throughout my life, I was I was born into a conservative, you know, family for conservative Christian family and all of this kind of stuff. And one of the things that was constantly like um, was constantly a thing in my life that I was constantly I was constantly taught. Is, that, is, is the whole idea that I was supposed to be very subservient and I was supposed to be very submissive and I was supposed to be all of these things. And unfortunately, with my dreamer mentality, I found that the two collided in my brain. I was constantly struggling with this idea that, okay, well, this man is supposed to be the spiritual leader of your house and and you're supposed to be led by, like, a lot of it was a like man, here right man on this platform and then here's me and I need to make sure to and that's how I envisioned it I had very specific you know very specific things taught to me when I was a kid about that that I definitely know guided that but then also in connection with my personality of being a rule follower, like, you know, Priscilla said, like being a rule follower and wanting to do everything right, kind of having that perfectionist idea in my soul, uh, you know, and, and everything that made, man, I've spent so much of my life colliding. And luckily, like the two different parts of me I wanted to have big things and I wanted to dream big, but I'm supposed to be small and I'm supposed to be delicate and I'm supposed to be weak and I'm supposed to let these people lead. None of that, I, I, I was battling and I still battle to this day. And so there's places where I've found my power, right? Like, and I say, and I want to, I want to, you know, preface by I say, because I I sent you ladies questions and I sent three questions. And the first question was, as a woman, where do you feel you have learned to stand in your power? And where is it difficult for you to stand in your power? And the reason I even came up with that was because these are the two things that have been colliding in me since I was young, which is I'm not supposed to be powerful. I'm supposed to be like, helping you and in and in a way it was just this weird how do i get out of this you know and yet then i would have these places like okay so i wanted to become a personal trainer and then i started getting busier and then i created a gym and then i did this so i had these weird places where i'd be like screw it i'm just going to go get go big and do it and like i'm going to write these books and i'm going to go get them published and i'm i'm going to do it But what's crazy is the anxiety that I was constantly having in my soul the entire time. Like I literally had to battle that anxiety because I was going against everything I thought that I was supposed to be, which was small and quiet. And then so marketing myself was like, what, you know, like, no, I can't do that. So,
1: you have to be humble. <laughs> you have to be
0: humble. My dad was a huge one on be- my dad never oh, yeah. gave compliments ever. And he told my mom, he said, no, because I do not want them to grow conceited. Now, my dad was a great man. He was a very calm, quiet, very loving man, but he was very big on not letting us have compliments and very keeping us, you know, we want to not be You know, what's funny is Ben always cracks up because he goes, well, it never worked with your brothers because they were always super like into themselves. And then I love my brother's going to listen to this and be like, what? And whatever. But (laughs) for me as the daughter and the only daughter, I needed a daddy's approval. And I found that that was a huge factor in this whole thing. So when just over the last couple of years to stand in my power, I actually had to write my dad a letter and say like. I need to I need to be big and and my dad passed in 2004. And so I wrote him a letter <laughs> posthumously, right? Is that what the word is, posthumously? And and said I I need you to allow me to be to be big and be okay with that, you know? So anyway, so let's just kind of go into that idea like if if anything that I said sparked something that you've gone through, feel free. And, you know, whenever the green is on you, that's when it, you know, that's when you're the one that's the loudest. So go for it. Anybody? Well, I, if I, if it's okay, mm-hmm. I feel like
3: a lot of what you said is something I resonated with, right? Like, I think the hardest thing for many of us women of uh, figure out where we feel okay standing in our power comes with a lot of boundaries that we've been holding as women, right? And yes. so when I work with women, that are trying to reconnect with their menstrual cycle, I try to, that's like my first questions are very similar to these two questioners. And it's like, what, what did you, like, how did you view women before you had your first menstruation?
2: And how do
3: you view women now? Because it's such a big difference, right? Like what we thought being a woman was. And now that we are women, we have a completely different lens of what we want to do.
0: Yeah. And
3: so I feel like also like, so much of that there's a lot of spiritual work yeah. but a lot of that is so deeply connected to our mother and her lack of power is yeah. where we find that we want to break that the most so if our mothers had to be even more submissive and more okay than we were then we really want to break through that because in a very spiritual sense those that time in the womb that we spent with her was really, we were just tapping into everything that she was trying to resist, but she couldn't verbally say, but mm-hmm. she felt it. So we felt it. So then here we come and we try to become that. We try to embody her like natural dreams of, I wish I could be a woman that could save it. Yeah. And then you have others that are so different and like opposite than the mother because we felt that connection. And as women, we're like, oh, well, I think really in my heart, in my soul, I desire to not be like this. And yeah. we tap into that frequency, Yeah. So it's, like, super strong. And for me, I feel like, you know, Guatemala is a very Catholic country. Yeah. And, like, even without being back here, I'm, like, feeling it strongly because I'm, like, oh, I, like, I, I walk with the same power and confidence that I do anywhere. But there's certain energies that I'm, like, oh, I think I'm being looked at. Like, oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. like, there's something wrong with me. When I'm, like, no, there's something wrong with y'all. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Should, like, I shouldn't have to like change the way I walked up and asked for this because I'm a woman. Right. So it's really interesting, but I feel like the hardest part for me was, I think we're kind of all in the same with that boundary of where do I get to just say that this is what I want to do.
0: Right. Right.
3: Like once I get to say, okay, I, because we, like I grew up, you know, really also thinking that women are of service, you know, we are here to be of service. For everyone else. And then maybe when there's time at the end of the day for yourself. Yep. Um, So now I see most women as we are trying to be women that are service to ourselves first. So that we can actually be a proper service to everyone else without feeling resentment at the end of the day. Towards yourself, your life, or anyone else. And so I feel like that is probably where at the very beginning I had a hard time. Yeah. Except that I was a big part of like, I also should. Get to do this, and I also should get to sleep well, and I also get to have some time for myself. Yeah, the more I do that, the more calm of a mother I am,
0: right? You know, and
3: the happier I am at the end of the day. And I've also like it's really hard to stand in your power when you don't feel like the people around you are in that same yes. mindset. Yes, yes, that's where I, feel I found the hardest part, and I, I'm actually thankful now that I'm here. I realized that I have to leave to find that power. Yes. To now be able to come back and actually be in it and say, no, I, your energy is funky, but I can still stand in my power right now. Yes. With the way I'm dressing, with what yes. I believe, with what I'm saying. No, we're not going to do that. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, they go so closely together that yep. it's hard to know which one is what.
0: Yep. Well, it, there were a couple of really cool things that I took from what you just said, Andrea, that I, I really hadn't even ever, I, I mean, I've thought about it, but that was really big. Like number one, you know, my mom, my mom was always very, very insecure about her body. And, you know, we grew up, you know, very conservative. So you weren't supposed to show your body. We weren't supposed to even, you know, connect with our body. And that was a, that was a, a huge deal for me because I learned to be just, it, I couldn't as a child differentiate between shame of my body and like, uh, and then also, and like modesty, like the, the, it was really difficult to kind of find that balance. And then the second thing that I thought that you, the, the thing that I thought was interesting that you said was it. Uh, you know, talking about um, going back to Guatemala and just being surrounded by these people, you know, the people that you, you used to be surrounded with all the time. And, and I think about like as a child being surrounded by all, you know, going to church every week and going to, you know, and being surrounded by the same people with the same ideas, with the same thoughts and all of that stuff. It wasn't until I broke out of that a little bit that I started to recognize the absolute and complete beauty in a woman's uniqueness. And not just in her in general, but her uniqueness, like my uniqueness from Lisa and Priscilla's uniqueness from Andrea. And like how the fact that, that a lot of us women... Sometimes uh, get into that weakness a little bit, or that that I'm sorry, the the difference a little bit between each woman, and we kind of start judging it, right? Instead of just going, no, 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 like let me help you stand in that power a little bit rather. And so it's like group mentality. Right. We all believe in the same thing. We've we're all living the same way. We're all living the same walk. You know, we're all doing that. But then also like kind of like where can we stand in our power by just being uniquely me? You know, anybody
1: else have anything for that? I mean, I think having um, a daughter and I know you have two girls um, at one point. You know, I think my daughter is about to turn 14 and at about 10 years old, you know, I really started thinking, I'm like, what do I want for her? What do I want her to see? You know, I'm like, I have spent my entire life serving the career of my husband. I mean, he is in the military. He would be TDY deployed six months out of the year a lot. Like it was a lot where I was trying to build a career and then we'd move. Yeah. And then I built a career and we'd move. And again and again and again, while raising children and doing all these things and, you know, going back to that idea of, yes, I had these amazing dreams of being this National Geographic photographer. And I do remember we had somebody come in and it was this photographer that did like portraits and things, but he's like, you know, you have to remember that those people travel a lot and it's very difficult to have a family. And I was like, oh, (laughs) so in my mind, you know, as a person who always wanted children, I was like, okay, so I don't get to have both. Yeah. And I, for a long time I didn't realize that you could have both. Yes. You know, and it wasn't until my daughter started hitting those like pre teenage that I thought, I want her to have all of it. Because she goes, yeah. you know, I don't know if I want to have kids because it's really hard work. And yeah. I think I want to do, I mean, she's like, I want to be an astronaut and the president and a scientist. And a, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, she wants to be Barbie. That's what she says all the time. I want to be Barbie because she's done it all. And I want to do it all too. And I'm like, I want her to feel that she has the power to do it. Yes. I want her to be like, yeah, I want 10 kids. And I'm having a career and I'm going to have, you know, this, this, and this, but I think that in that female like the way our society sort of sees it, and I feel like it's changing, but slowly, but that we were seen as that supportive role. So we could have dreams, but they had to balance somewhere with the whole, well, my husband is the head of the household, I need to support his career, his dreams, his goals, Mm -hmm. you know, and take care of the family. And then if I have time for my cute little businesses, then I could do that. Right. You know, and now that I have an adult child and a 14 year old, and we are no longer in the military, I feel like all of a sudden, oh, I have 500 dreams a week of things, businesses I want to start. Ask my husband, it gets old. <laughs> it's, it's bad. I'm I like, oh, I had the best idea, you know, two hours trying to sleep at night. And guess what? Totally. You know? And so right, I'm right there so with I'd you. Like, I'm at that age now. I'm like, I'm in my forties. I'm like, oh, I'm, my kids are going to be grown. And now, yeah. and my husband has a different career. He doesn't need my, like, oh, I, I get to have these dreams. I get to have these things. I just wish that I had noticed that I wasn't allowing myself to have them before. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize it, Yeah, you know, and now that I look back, I'm like, oh, okay. I don't want that for her. Yes. I want her to know early. Yep. you know, be like, these are my dreams. I'm, I'm going to do it. It is okay to want big things.
0: It is. Yeah, totally. Priscilla, you got anything for that?
2: Yeah. Just the conversation is so rich. And so thank you ladies for each for, for sharing. It's just, as I think about these things a lot and, and just one thing that you said, Lisa is like that, that idea that we can't have it all and that we have these like particular roles. Like, I mean, that was, very strong in my upbringing of like, um, you know, conservatism and, and, um, but I see something that got me like out of it and like, um, and seeing that other people can get freed up from that too, is like that going out, like getting like suspending the, all the things that we, you know, know, and have been imposed on us. Mm -hmm. It's like, if we can really get free of that Mm -hmm. and, And then look at, okay, what does it really look like to have, to me, me living in the world, living out my purpose? Like a lot of times we think, oh, we really can do it all, you know, and, and really healthily and it doesn't have to diminish other people, you know? And, um, so being able to see that, like what that really looks like has been so freeing for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, one other thing that you said, I thought I would mention it's when you said, you know, you have a daughter, um. I don't, but I see in businesses, a lot of times the practices change in the business when the, um, managers or, you know, CEOs or, or leaders have a daughter, right. Right. They, their practices, like they become more conscious. What would I really want for my daughter for my, like, wouldn't I want her to have the same pay as a man? I actually remember teaching and caught like a college class and, you know, there was one young guy and he was like, He's like, I want my wife to be able to make the same money I do. Like, why? Why should like? You know, he didn't want to be able. He saw it as like, hey, if we're gonna have a two household income, I want her to be making the same amount of money that I can. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just I was like, this guy is ahead of his
0: time. Totally. (laughs) You
2: know, thinking about it that way is like, what do you really
0: good mother? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) it's true. It's true. Yeah, because there yeah, because you will find the opposite for sure. You will find many that are the opposite. So it's almost like when you find when you find somebody that kind of sits in that in that that aura, kind of sits in that energy like of like wanting to to not only support women but literally like help them start seeing that they can climb and that they can fly. You know, that's that yeah. those Because I don't know about anybody else, but it wasn't like I went, oh, this is exactly why I'm, I'm having anxiety. Or this is, it's not that I knew. I mean, I had to literally, I I had to be like, why, why does succeeding make me feel so uncomfortable? Like it just makes me so uncomfortable. It was like a, it was like a burden on my soul. And I just – it really came out when I got my first book published and I was so suddenly going to have to, like, market myself. And I, I – Ben can testify. I, I was miserable, like, because I, I just – to tell people to go buy something that I had written, and even though it had taken me years to write these books and lots of work and lots of all this, I was like, "It's okay. You can. You can buy your. You know. You can buy like, my book if you
1: people think I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Like, look at me. Yeah. Well, it's and here's another thing: is you know beyond how we were raised with like either conservatism, conservative being a conservative or being in a conservative area. Like beyond that, it's interesting because I think that l- going into, let's go back into the the role that other women have played in this for me because, or for you guys, because I do think that um, growing up the, the, the competitive nature, the jealousy that can pop up, the, all of that. I, that was always really, um, that was always really just heartbreaking for me. Um, getting older, you know, like, um, in elementary school and then getting into it as a teenager, you know, um, dealing with, you know, other girls in, in high school that were like, they automatically didn't like you for some reason of what you were good at or what you weren't or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, and and so I My feel like
1: with that now.
0: Yeah, yeah. totally. And we understand as older women, we understand now, like w- yeah. that it really comes from a, a state of insecurity, and it really comes from a state of fear. You know that I'm not going to be that, and so I can't be that. So what am I going to do? I'm going to attack it. You know that kind of thing. But but yeah, like it's kind of amazing. I I look back on some of the experiences I had, you know, in high school or whatever um even older with women and like you know um and and ye- ye- those women that were hard on me that that was a that was a big i'm going to pull back and i'm not going to share anything. Like this is uh, no, no. Cause I don't, I want them to like me. I don't want them to be against me. And it feels like, you know, being a serial entrepreneur or what, you know, wanting to climb sometimes can, you know, you can get that response from other women. Do you guys feel like that?
1: I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially as somebody who is a serial entrepreneur and they're like, well, did your last business fail? No, actually it was really successful, but I got tired of it. So I moved on. Right. Or, um, it's so busy that I can't juggle five jobs at one time. So I just moved on. Yeah. I have ADHD. So I get bored with them and I'm like, eh, let's fight something else. I'm the you know, same. I, it I, need, I need I need challenges.
0: Yeah. I need challenges. Right. So like you, I need yeah. to move on every, every, you know, 10 years or so yeah. at least, you know? Yeah,
1: but the judgment is there. And I know it is because I've seen it. I mean, in groups, like even like on Facebook and things where people are like, oh, I can't believe this person is doing this. I mean, look at them. Why can't we not just be like, look at them? Like, right. what are they doing that I'm not? Maybe I can like see what they're doing and I can up my game. Like, yeah. I don't see it as competition. And I used to, I can remember in my dad yeah, was like, man, I want to be like them. I want to do like them. And I'm like, must be nice. It must be nice because I worked hard, and so I was like, okay, what can I do to, to to up my game so that people can also be like, hey, look at what she's doing, yeah, you know. But at the same time, I don't want people to look at me and be like, hey, what is she doing? Because it gives me anxiety. I, <laughs> I totally, the
0: I'm right yes. there. I totally get it, Andrea. Do you yeah. have something? Yeah, no, I know.
3: Like, I feel like at that age, right, right, that teenager age where it's like such a big change, hormonally speaking, happening. And this is why I get involved with the young girls because the more they understand what's happening at a biological, anatomical level with their hormones, the more they understand the emotions coming through. And then the fact that what's changing throughout the month is the perspective that we see things with. Like the, the, the thing itself is the same, it's just us, we're viewing it differently. But a lot of what happens, as I realized, is, you know, that coming of age, when you, you like, go from being a child to becoming an adult, for both boys and girls, but especially girls, it's such an important rite of passage that when it's not, like, when you're not initiated with a healthy sisterhood, it all becomes competition of, like, why is she prettier than me? Why does she have that and I don't have it? And then we create this competition rather than making it, what happens, like, to me now as a woman is I don't see it as competition. I see it as inspiration. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. inspiring what they're doing. Yeah. And so a lot of what I like to try to promote to the girls is that, that we're all here with very different qualities and that a lot of it is to see inspiring. Like, if you see somebody that's really confident, it's not to, like, bash them down so that they're not confident anymore because you're not that confident. Right. Instead of thinking, how is she that confident and how do I get myself to be that confident, you yeah. know? and maybe going and talking to the confident girl a little bit more Mm -hmm. going and talking to the girl that's doing the things that you love more you know but so much of it is just I feel like a lack of sacredness right in welcome womanhood you know and a lot of it is how did you you know like what was your experience with older women when you were that age and if you saw those women judge each other or gossip of each other then you absolutely into and then one we kind of repel it right we try to not be a grown-up woman for a little bit longer because I don't want to be, you know, bad-mouthing everyone because they're doing that and I'm stuck here in my house. Yeah. And so it's like all these things that go into the competition sense that we see from other generations um, that we also try to, like, resist, to try not to become, and then either eventually we become it without knowing that we had a different option. Or we get looked at differently because we're like, why are you not trying to do it? Like, why are you not competing with that girl? Or yeah. like, and it really it's like uh, that teenager hormones are such a turmoil yeah. that it's so easy to get caught up in it. And quite honestly, like the media is just feeding it as well. Like make totally. so much more money of us not being secure, of us thinking that we need to change how we look. And that we are what we dress in or like what we have, they make so much money off of it that, you know, they would never try. Like if you look at any teenager movie, all the characters are exactly portraying that. So we all were fed that visually. Right. And then we just embodied it. And then when you grow up you're like, there's gotta be more there's gotta be more to life than me, like, you know, talking bad about this like there's got to be more to life than me like always trying to compete with other women totally and so yeah it's just it's 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 such a beautiful stage for all of us that have children whether it's a young girl or a young boy knowing that walking into adulthood has to be done differently with a different lens Mm -hmm. to stop that competitiveness so that they don't have to kind of like do the same thing that we have had to try to you know Figure yeah. out by yourself for years. You know, it took us like until our thirties. Most of us didn't realize that we didn't have to compete with other women. Right, right,
0: yeah. Well, it's it. Yeah, because we we deal with it so much as when we're young, and sometimes I think there's a little bit of us that we don't. Um, a lot of times, we, and especially with close relationships, we a lot of times don't allow people to grow in our minds, right? So, you know, somebody who hurt me ten years ago, or fifteen years ago, or twenty-five years ago, uh, they're still kind of somewhat that way in my mind, right? They're no longer there, right? We don't, we don't. Even though I know how much I've grown, and I know how, I know when I started to like recognize the power of women, and I started to go. Okay, you are a badass. You are a badass. You are a badass. And I actually want to talk to you about that because I think it's amazing. And the thing is is I I built my business, the 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 especially the gym here. I built it with the idea that these trainers would come in, these women would come in and they would support each other and that there could not be a competitive bone. Everybody that comes in, any trainer that comes in and wants to work here, I'm always like, okay, so the very first day that we get together, I look at them and I say if you tend to be very competitive with other people, this might not be the place for you. So, you know, and just recognize that there's plenty to go around and we're here to support each other and we're here to lift each other up. And I do not allow drama and I do not allow talking bad about others. And there's always a way to communicate if you have a problem with somebody in a very kind, in a very uplifting way, you know? And so that's kind of, I, I think in our minds, a lot of times we don't allow people to, to grow up. And I think that a lot of us women get to a point at a certain age, whether we have children or not, it doesn't matter what it's, it really comes down to, um, no matter what we are doing in our life, whether we decided to be a family, you know, a, a, a mom, whether we decided to be a CEO, whether, you know, whatever that we did reach that point where we're like, okay if I can actually connect to this woman and hold her hand as we go up, we go up together, you know? So Priscilla, anything on that?
2: Yeah. I'm loving the conversation because I feel like a lot of this stuff is just, it's not talked about. I feel like that's what I remember a lot in my upbringing. I grew up with three sisters and, you know, and two younger brothers. So, um, so there's definitely like a lot of dynamics with that, um, not necessarily tons of competitiveness between us, but like, but trying to prove something like to my dad that we were worthy, yeah. um, of existing. And so <laughs> like, that we had value, yeah. um, according to what he saw, cause he was like, you know, president of the board, like on the school board and things. And so I remember just that, um, that dynamic and then also um when I did share about like what I saw myself doing I remember my oldest sister who I'm actually really close with she was like it's like I don't see that oh and, yeah and I remember like it really was heartbreaking mm. for me I was like well you know this is what I see like, and, and I didn't know what to do with it and I'm yeah. so grateful I had other people that I shared with you know it's like almost like that that seedling of a dream mm-hmm. of what I could be mm-hmm. like who I and how I could contribute was um you know I was it was almost like in that in I don't want to say like heart harsh um, <laughs> t- terrain, but yeah. you know, you don't want to like expose it mm-hmm. to the elements too quickly. Yeah. So I did have other places, other people that nurtured that. Yeah. But it was really interesting. And so and I didn't take it too um you know too seriously okay. Well she doesn't see it. But it really it kind of hurt a little bit. Oh yeah. And, but I, you know, I did go forward and then I but I saw that I really was playing you know, playing small to and and not talking about any of the things that I was really dealing with. Yeah. And that was something that was very taught, like that was taught is like there's all these things that are happening. And, and Andrea, like kind of you're talking about is like all these, (laughs) these changes and everything that's happening. And there really just wasn't a place to talk about that or like, you know, to really navigate any of that until much later what I started now I feel like I have really 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 supportive women in my life and like I don't I don't get any of the like yeah I don't feel like it's competition and stuff but it was definitely yeah I think um, we do
0: kind of I think that I think that I think there's a big strong the reason I even want to start is wanted to go to go into this is because I think there's a big strong push now for women to back each other and women to be for for each other. And I'm yeah. loving it and let's ride the wave <laughs> and let's really talk about it so we can communicate how we could even be more effective in that, right? And it's interesting because you know, thinking back to, you know, just a couple of little ideas to kind of throw out there is like when i was a kid for example you know the kind of things that made me feel small or like or like think i needed to be small to if you if you heard them like separately or you know one by you probably wouldn't even think ah why would that make you feel like you need to be small but if you actually put it all to co- collectively um it was just a it was just a a, a breeding ground for me to to question everything that I was doing, uh, when it, when it got any attention whatsoever. Um, and so it's interesting because I remember very, you know, I, I had a couple of very religious zealots in my life, like a couple, quite a few religious zealots in my family in uh, you know, at the church I went to and things like that. So little things like, for example, I remember very vividly sitting down with someone very close to me and, um, and me saying what I wanted to do. And their response was, oh, well, I mean, you're going to have to wait to talk to your husband because whoever you marry, yeah, you, that may not be the life that they want for you, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, or, um, you know, uh, just the idea of like, oh, we've lost Andrea. Oh, good. You're back. Oh, good. Um, so or just the idea that like um, I remember it was a big deal about, you know, my, uh, you know, just the fact that it was always a woman's fault. Right. W- about like how you dress and the way you, you know, that being a huge factor that was always, always huge in my life. <laughs> I remember right. one time being at youth group and did my did this person come up to me and talk to me about this? No. This person came up to my brother and they said this was a this was a this was a a man about 22 years old came up to my brother and who was a little bit older than me I'm like 15 years old I'm a I'm heavier like I'm I'm a thicker girl um at 15 I have plenty of boobs at 15 and I he comes up to my brother and he says hey um you need to tell your sister that she's not allowed to wear that that shirt anymore. And what it was, was it, it was a white, you guys are going to laugh. I was wearing like suit pants, and it was a white button-up shirt. But we all know what happens with big boobs and white button-up shirts. Ah. Uh, like right in the middle. And I would try so hard to like scooch my boobs back and like keep them all small so that it wouldn't do it. But I remember my brother coming up to me afterwards and going, hey, they've asked that you not wear this this shirt anymore. And I remember, (laughs) what's funny is, because of my growing up in that arena, I didn't think twice about it. But as I'm getting older and I'm recognizing my kids, like and the, the, what they're doing and how they're growing, I'm going, ah, I do not want to, no. Like live your life, have your body, do your thing. If you don't want to look, don't look. But like, let me be me and don't embarrass me by telling me I can't wear a shirt.
1: Do you get what I'm saying? I had horrible posture most of my life because I've been a double D since the fourth grade, fourth grade. And I was constantly told I was slutty because I had boobs, I had woman's body on like an 11 year old, you know, it just, it it was traumatizing as a kid. And I'm guessing Andrea, you you had that too because you
0: raised your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Andrea, did you have something for that? No, I mean, I'm
3: just, there's so much that, you know, I feel like we all have to experience at some point with like having to feel like we were in the wrong just because we were trying to be ourselves, even though I had a very supportive father and actually my dad was always like, nope, you know, you're equal as a man and, and oh, there's nobody I love that. Um, but it, he was a rare thing, you know, and so that that's still interesting because now I look like, now I look and I'm like, wait, this is still the same like it's still the same you're still looking at me like as a woman and as a mom i should still be a little different yeah but you know you'll still fantasize with the girl that you're putting up there in the advertisement so what you're telling me to be like her but when i try to be like her you're telling me "Well, you can't be like her right it's not okay that's a really really interesting thing yeah yeah, that was what my mom said (laughs)
2: like yep don't wear that. I don't think I wore a skirt till I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't, if you even remember me wearing dresses, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. think I did. I, and I wore things yeah, two sizes too big because my mom would always be like, well, you know, you can't wear anything revealing. Otherwise you will make a man stumble.
0: Right. I do remember that it's about so- you, Priscilla. I do.
3: It's so interesting because when we when we were younger, we, went, we lived in the United States for a bit because my dad was working there. And my sister, who's six years older than me, would come back sometimes from school. She was in elementary school. And she the days that she would wear a skirt, she'd come back crying and say, there's this boy that keeps on trying to pull my skirt up at school. And so my mom was like, well, you we have to tell the teacher. And my sister would be like, I already told her. Well, you we have to tell the principal. Well, I already told the teacher to tell the principal. And, blah, 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 and nobody's listening.
2: So my mom was like,
3: well, then maybe just start you Know just don't take the skirt, and my dad wasn't part of the conversation. He was like, No, you're gonna take a skirt tomorrow, and if he does it, you're gonna punch him right in the nose. Oh. And my mom was like, don't. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. The next day, they got a call from school, they go to the principal's office, and they're sitting there, right? So we're this Latin family. <laughs> I love and this. I talked to my parents, and he's like, you know, your daughter punched somebody in the in the nose. And my mom was almost like, she was already infuriated. She already knew what had happened. And my dad was like, okay. And, yeah. and the principal was like, the problem is that she's saying that you, Mr. Gonzalez, told her to do it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I did. She <laughs> said she told a teacher. She said she told the kid. She said you knew. And nobody was doing anything. So I told her to go ahead and punch him in the face. Totally. And my mom was upset but after that had happened the principal couldn't say anything they are like okay well maybe maybe next time we should talk more about it and it's like no maybe you should tell people to listen to each other a yeah. girl can wear a skirt like i don't have to tell my daughter she cannot come to school with a skirt because somebody else is not listening he's either going to listen or she's going to have to do something about it yeah so that's really interesting because you know even in that it's like you know my sister was that wrong for hitting him
0: yeah you yeah,
3: know? Yes. like it's such a yes. vicious cycle of like what we're doing wrong. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting cuz you know, uh, there I have another situation. I have quite a few of these situations, but another situation where I had uh somebody in my family, they said that I you, you um uh you're not like when you're <laughs> You're, when you're playing and you're running around the house, I mean, you guys can hear, what does it sound like when there's a bunch of kids playing and, and running around the house? It sounds like people are screaming, people are yelling, like they're going crazy, all of that. I was told that, um, that I shouldn't bring my voice to a certain level because that level sparks something in a male that um gives them a problem or whatever. So those are the kind of things that it's like, you know, it is it, it really informed me, you know? It really like informed who I was and like I went Oh God, okay. I shouldn't do these. So what is that? That's just this it's an element of control, you know? It's an element of control. Uh I, I totally see Andrea that you have to go. No worries. We went a little farther. But I really, Andrea, you were beautiful in this conversation. I really love it. And I want to do this again. Like I actually feel like we had a bunch to talk about that we, you know, really didn't get to talk about. We're gonna go, Lisa and Priscilla, we'll we'll keep going for just a few more minutes and I'll wrap up and everything. But I would really love to do more of this with you guys thank
3: you I I wanted to say thank you and it's been great to meet you Lisa and Priscilla and I you know the conversation is so great yeah I you know there's things somewhere along and that's what I'm gonna leave with like we're talking about something and I just wanted to share a thought that came through of like you know the problem when there's like this uh you know male figure running so much of our life not just in our households but like country-wise and state-wise and school-wise and throughout the whole thing is that you know, we're told that in a very masculine way, we just have to do something and stick to it. You know, as a very male, you kind of think of the male as a sperm biologically, yes. what they have one task to do and they'll follow through. And then you think of us as, a, as an ovum, as an egg, and we're like nurturing and cyclical, you know, and that's what we get taught. Like we can't do something for always because by nature, women are cyclical. We're meant yeah. to do this for a little bit and then we stop and then we switch. And then we do that a little bit, then we stop, and then we switch. So, like, the reason why we as women feel like, I just can't do this for the rest of my life, you know, like, I feel like I can do this, but I can add a little bit of this, and I can do that. It's like, it's all girls and women knew that it's so part of our nature to feel, okay, I'm done with this. I can put it down and move to something else. Yeah. Rather than, you know, the society telling us that we're a failure because we didn't stick to it, or we have too many, you know, projects going on or whatever. Like, just the difference of, like, a male psyche running the female psyche and controlling it is where we kind of clash with ourselves, right? Totally. So it's like, we're meant to, like, only do this for a while and stop even bleeding, you know? We're meant to bleed for some time, and then we don't, and yep. then that's okay. Like, we are meant to be cyclical beings. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. That's and perfect. And so much for that affinity.
0: Yeah.
3: And I love making, so like, talking more and see what comes of all this, and it's yeah. so great that all these women really like that as women we want to talk to each other about all this stuff that's like I agree
0: I agree and so that's why I wanted to just start this conversation and like keep it going and like become an outlet maybe for women who you know for all of us women and just maybe see if we can kind of find our oh our path of like helping you, you know helping everyone kind of find that connection and that that really deep understanding and then also the the two like you were just talking about the clashing thing that was what you just said was kind of kind of almost cyclical going back to what I originally talked about which is that clash within me that was giving me anxiety and so I think a lot of us women have anxiety and I'd love to get down to the depths of why, because I think a lot of it is the clash of what we're taught versus what we have in our souls that is innate and is there. So Andrea, go ahead and go. It was lovely to see you when you get back on Come Hawaii, to me, when you were here in Hawaii, we have to get together. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. All right. Good. Bye. Bye. So, you know, it's one of those things where I just kind of like, Hello. I had, oh, hello. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like I, I feel like all those little uh, little things that I was taught um, and, and everything, those were the things that made me feel the opposite of powerful. It made me feel like it wasn't my place to have power. And the truth oh, yeah. of it is, is that no matter what God you believe in, no matter what you believe, my thought process is, is on it, you know, whether you will call it universe, source, divine, I don't really care. My thought process on it is that we were uniquely made with our own power and to, and to stand in it. And yet I'm clashing every day. <laughs> in this power versus no power versus, you know, and I really believe that there's actually, I'm kind of watching, and I don't know if you guys have been, but I've been watching, I feel like women are kind of taking their power back right now. And I feel like even with the big things that have come up that have kind of secured us not to have it, right? Um, Or I shouldn't say secured it, but tried to make it so that we don't have it. I feel like there's, there's this thing where I think that, we're kind of reaching out in a different way and just recognizing, you know? Part of it is just recognizing, right?
1: well we've spent so long in the masculine and it's not I always feel like people make this a well if you're supporting the feminine and you're not for the masculine and it's not about that no we were meant to balance each other out no. yes men a lot of men are very linear very this is my job I'm doing my job and women are very what's that men are like waffles women are like spaghetti book you know yeah. and it, it's really old but you know it's <laughs> that whole idea that women's lives are all entangled and enmeshed with each other whereas most men compartmentalize everything and we yeah. we tend to be different. But it's that learning how to balance that masculine and that feminine because we've spent so long in the masculine that women undervalued that feminine part and that that what we bring to the table. And I think that for some people that really thrive and benefit from that masculine world are very afraid to see women in their power because we can do some amazing things you know but that's not to negate what men are doing it's to complement each other and i feel like We aren't doing that right now. It's either this or this. And it's like, no, why can't it be this? And you you can even
0: take away, like take away male versus female. We all have masculine and feminine energy in us. And it's really where we kind of, like, I tend to, because I always thought that this is how you had to become successful. I think I sit way too much in my masculine Quite often, and but really, like the feminine part of me would be able to do so much more if I could just allow it to exist, you know. And yeah. I, but I never connected that to actually having success, you know. The feminine idea to me, there was something that drew the line of that can't be successful. Does that well, make yeah? Sense? Why does
1: it have to be a masculine trait or a feminine? Like why? Why yeah. do things, why do we categorize those things? Why yeah. can they not be fluid with each other? Yes. Agreed. Like, why can't I do these things that are considered masculine or opposite? And why are we not combining those things? Yeah. You know, because when you're little, it's laid out for you. It's like, this is your yeah. path. Welcome to being a female. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I do feel, you know, like kind of on our last little note, it's you know the whole last question was how do you feel women play a role in or against this confidence or this insecurity, and um, I it's interesting because we've we've talked about it a little bit, and I you know I I feel like um, I feel like our whole goal. Is to, is to kind of like recognize that to give anyone that power of telling us that, w- of like making us feel insecure versus like confident, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's our biggest issue, right, is giving other people the power, whether they're men oh, yeah. or women, is giving other yep. people the power to make us feel that way. You know, um, and and I have been as a people pleaser. I have struggled with that so much. I think most of us are right. Like <laughs> we're just, too. we just have such fear of 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 human, right? Fear yeah, of. I don't want to let people
1: down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that yeah.
0: comes from us just being like that comes from us just being, um that rule follower as we grow up and you know maybe the way we were disciplined and maybe the way you know we weren't allowed to be a little bit more wild and free and and everything and so it taught us that well no stop or you're gonna embarrass me in front of (laughs)
2: that was a lot of my childhood I grew up
1: in a household like that
2: yeah (laughs) yes yeah It's so interesting. This conversation is so great because it is something that I feel like we need to talk about more. And it's like, we have all these things that, you know, happen in our lives and then we make them mean certain things just naturally. Right. And then, but then all of a sudden we get to this point where that whole world that we created of what things mean, like it really doesn't serve us. It really does take us out of the game. And so, and I've, Yeah. And there's some great work by um, Alison Armstrong on sort of like the sort of the instinctual nature, like men and women. I love all of that stuff, too, is like just biologically how we are and that comes into play. But then also like just things that we experience that then, you know, we have to be a certain way to survive. Mm, Yeah. And so, and then we get to a point, it's like, then it just limits us. It is us playing small. Mm -hmm. And I really got that for myself, you know, at one point when I wanted to play a bigger game and I was bumping up against that, Yeah, like really big time. I was running a company.
0: Yeah. And you were bumping up against people who, you know, some people who believed that you could do it and some people that you didn't. And who do you listen to? And
2: my own, yeah. And what I saw that I could do and I couldn't do. based on what I was told previously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you ladies
0: are absolute badasses. (laughs) And I'm so glad that we got to like do this. And I honestly, um, I want to keep this conversation going. I seriously do. So if you wouldn't mind, make sure to kind of like write some, you know, write something down of questions that you you, that kind of come to you about, you know, women and what we kind of need to kind of, you know, just kind of Pinpoint and everything like that really I just want to kind of again My whole goal is I've been struggling with anxiety uh, for so long within my soul because of those th- that imbalance and I've had to work really hard over the last several years to kind of Kind of get out of that and it it took some really deep emotional work um, That I was not prepared for and I did not expect but at the same time, I do know that I'm here on the on the other side of it kind of going, okay, so let's do this with everybody let's like let's let get all of these women, including our daughters, including our including the people we lead, Priscilla, like you it's important to you know get to that place where we know we can like intuitively kind of understand what's going on with each other, but then also we're we're schooled enough with the knowledge of why certain things are happening so that we can kind of help, you know, or
1: even just help ourselves. Right. I mean, imagine a world where everyone's walking in their power, in their (gasps) best selves. Right chicken I
0: mean, skin. It's yeah. the dream. I know. It's the dream. It's the dream. And so, I have a dream totally. for it. I have an absolute dream for it. Well, thank you ladies so much. I appreciate it. Thank I you. am so happy to have had you guys on here. Um, again, like I said, we will get, be doing this again. And anybody who's listening, um, please share it on, you know, uh, any social media or anything like that. And um, yeah, we will be back to discuss more. I promise. So thank Thank you ladies!